Abiding Hope Church's podcast of our weekly sermons. For more information about our church, please visit abidinghope.org. Gospel of Mark, chapter 13. But in those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds, with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels, and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near, at the very gates. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert. For you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey. When he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight, or at cockcrow or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. The Gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. I love the name of our congregation, Abiding Hope. You know, abiding means to to dwell, to remain, to stay. And hope is a powerful word. A lot of people misuse the word hope. In fact, we all misuse the word hope. In fact, right now, I'm hoping that my Pittsburgh Steelers will continue to win all the way to the Super Bowl, right? Well, that might not be hope. That might be more like wishful thinking. (laughs) I hope they get there. I'm wishing they get there. But that's not the kind of hope that we mean in the name of our church, abiding hope. You see, hope is not wishful thinking. Hope is based on things that truly matter and that give us hope. We don't, we don't hope, we actually have hope. You see, hope is based on the reality that, that we have blessings in our lives. We have lots of blessings in our lives. The people who came before us were blessings to us. Without them, we wouldn't be here. The people who, who accompany us through our families or our workplaces or schools, neighborhood, those are blessings in our lives. And because we know we have blessing, we have hope. We also have hope because we we have a story that holds us, a story of a God of creation, a story about a God who never quits on us, a story of death and resurrection. And we have hope because that story holds us. We have hope because we can do, we have agency. We're able to to use our gifts and abilities in ways that, that, that provide for us. I'm preaching right now. This is my job. I'm able to use my gifts in a way that provides for myself, provides for my family. And so because we have agency, 
we have hope. And so hope is not something that that is is like wishful thinking. Man, I really I really hope this this outcome comes through. I really hope that that the pandemic goes away. I really hope that we can create unity in our nation. I really hope that that the poor are fed. No, that's that's kind of wishful thinking. We have abiding hope that love and life are going to win that death won't have the last word, that suffering doesn't have reign and control over our lives. We have hope that God breaks in to those darkest moments, that God doesn't flee and run away from us, but God stands with us and holds us. And, and we have that hope because we see it in the cross. We, we see it in Jesus's pain and anguish. We see it in the birth of Christ, that, that the, the word, the logos made flesh comes into this world as a shiv shivering infant. We have hope that the adversities and challenges we face today won't last. Love and life will win. So this passage uh, that we just heard, it's not a frightening passage. It's a hopeful passage. This this passage from Mark 13, we call it apocalyptic literature. It's, it's prophecy. The first week of Advent every year, which this is our first weekend in the Advent season as we march toward uh, Christmas and the birth of Christ. But the first weekend in Advent every year, we get apocalyptic literature. Now, this prophecy isn't about the end of the world. That's a mistake that got developed over time that when we hear apocalypse, apocalypsis is the Greek, we hear end of the world. We hear that, that we're going to die. You know, Jesus is coming and all this goes away and, and everything is destroyed and some get to go to heaven and some go somewhere else. That's not what apocalypsis means. It means to uncover. It means to reveal, to disclose. And, and what Jesus is disclosing here in this text is not about the end of the world. God is not going to destroy the universe. God is not going to destroy the universe. God loves the creation. God is in the creation. The book of Revelation doesn't say God wipes everything out and we all go up to heaven. No, it says, I looked up and saw the city coming down. God made God's home with mortals. God dwells here. Apocalypsis is not about the end of the world, but it is about an end. It is about an in-breaking. It's about something being transformed and changed. What Jesus is saying to his disciples in Mark 13, and thus saying to us, is look, there's going to be suffering in the world. It's going to be pain. It's going to be division and anguish, and this isn't going to happen once in a while. It's going to happen a lot. It's going to be everywhere. And people are going to be running around and looking for messiahs. They're going to be looking for people to deliver them. They're going to be looking for something that can save them from the torment and the anguish. But I'm here to tell you, this is Jesus speaking now. Jesus says, I'm here to tell you to be awake, to be alert, to be on guard because God's going to break through. The Holy Spirit's going to break through. It's going to show up. 
God's going to come in in some profound way and create new life. God's going to come in in some profound way and, and create healing. God's going to come in some profound way and generate reconciliation. It's going to happen. You see, often we talk about a day is coming, a day is coming when God will restore all things. And, and it sounds like we're talking about destination. We're looking toward a destination where we will all finally arrive. But the older I get and the more I think about this, I don't know that we ever actually arrive fully. I, I think that that the inbreaking of the Christ, the inbreaking of the Spirit, the inbreaking of God's reign happens all the time. It's constant. It's perpetual. When when we translate the word eternity, the the Greek is actually uh, ice ionion, which means into the ages. And and what I think that phrase means is that God's reign will break in age after age after age after age. That as life flows forward, as humanity rolls forward from generation into generation, there's going to be struggles. There's going to be challenge and adversity. Just think back over the last hundred or so years, 120 years. Go back to 1900. Look at all the challenge and adversity. You know, the generation before mine dealt with Vietnam. I was born during Vietnam. But I lived with uh, the Cold War, where we were scared of nuclear holocaust. Remember, remember that? But before Vietnam, we had, uh, or during, actually, we had the Civil Rights Movement. A lot of anguish, a lot of pain. Not just from the movement, but from the injustices that were taking place. The inequities that existed and still exist to some degree in our nation. Well, prior to, to all of that in the 60s and 50s, we had World War II. Horrible, absolutely horrible. The Holocaust, disgusting. Humans putting other humans in ovens, for goodness sake. Marking them, taking everything away from them, herding them into concentration camps. Seriously? That wasn't that long ago. That's not ancient history. Before that, we had the Depression. We had, we had uh, businessmen jumping out of buildings because of, uh, of, of the stock market crash. Before that, we had World War I, which was, oh my goodness, was it brutal. With, with gases. Um, men would just hunker down in trenches and they would, they would unleash gas that would, that would stay low on the ground and go down into the trenches and kill people. I mean, this are you kidding me? So, yeah, we're going through a tough time right now. This isn't new for humanity. And every step of the way, as we look at the challenges and adversities, the, the wars, the division, the violence that has existed in this world, every time we can look back and see God breaking in in some profound way. And it's true in our individual lives. It's not easy right now to be a parent or to be a spouse it's not easy right now to, to do our jobs. We're, we're having to adjust everything. And now with the, the pandemic climbing, uh, with the highest numbers we've had, we can't be together for, for Thanksgiving. And that's hard. It hurts, actually. It hurts that we can't be with people we love. To be in the same room. Yeah, we can talk on the phone. We can FaceTime. We can Zoom. 
But we can't be in the same room hugging each other, eating each other's pie. Just being family, being community, and it hurts. But what this passage today is telling us, and it's the beginning of our Advent season, is have hope. Have hope. God is here. Our pain is real, but so is God's presence. Our suffering is real, but so is the power of God that holds us. Our anguish and misery and and, and lack of vision is all real. But so is the promise that love and life win. Each of these candles represent something during our Advent season. The first one is hope. And that's what we're preaching about today, talking about today. And the next one that will get lit represents peace. And then joy is the pink one. And then finally, love. And so each week as we go through this Advent season, we're going to be focusing on hope, peace, joy, and love. And, and that focus is intended not to be just some information. It's intended to draw these gifts out of us. You see, not only do you get to have hope through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you get to be hope in the lives of other people. Throughout Advent, as we do every year, we're going to be raising money for the Haitian Timun Foundation, and specifically, Shemin Labimio, a path Pathway to a Better Life. And that's a program in Haiti that, that, that invests in women, mothers, the ultra poor. For 18 months, it costs $1,800 for one woman to go through an 18-month process where she is given two enterprises. She can choose chickens, goats, pigs, small commerce, uh, small items, soaps and things she can sell in the marketplace, um, she can choose gardening, farming, and, and, and we provide those resources to her. She also gets a tin roof on her dwelling. She gets a cement floor. She gets clean water filtration, clean sanitation. Um, uh, her children get to go to school and, and the family gets access to health care. All of that for $1,800. This is a death to resurrection story. And so over this season of Advent and Christmas, when you give to Abiding Hope for CLM, for the Haitian T-Moon Foundation, 100% of your donation will go to change a woman's life forever. And it doesn't just change her life forever. It changes her children's lives forever. And it doesn't just change the woman and her children's lives forever. It changes her whole community forever because we go into communities at a time and we'll work with 50 women from one community at a time, raising them up and they support each other. And then after they graduate from CLM, they're eligible as a group, groups of five or six, they're eligible to borrow money from a bank, small small amounts of money from a bank in Haiti to keep building their enterprise. You see, what Shemin Labimio does, what Pathway to a Better Life does, it takes a woman who has no status, no value. She won't look you in the eyes when she meets you. She's considered less than human by the rest of her community. It takes that woman, and in 18 months, she's an entrepreneur. She's a leader. She's somebody that others in the community come to for for resources and for help. You see, 
Hope is not something that we, we just are to keep to ourselves. We're to share it. We're to spread it. We're to live it. Just as Christ came into this world to share hope with us, we're called to go and share hope with others. And now's a good time for that. You think we're hurting in this country. People in Haiti, the poorest of the poor, they're suffering. They are truly, truly suffering. And for $1,800, we can transform a family. It's amazing. Absolutely incredible. So, brothers and sisters, I wish you a happy Thanksgiving. I pray that your Thanksgiving this year, even though it's different, even though we're not able to be together, I pray that that this weekend has been good for you, has been life-giving for you. If you, you just don't feel okay, spend a little time contemplating the blessings you have in your life. And you have a lot. Don't let the dark, don't let the heavy overshadow the good. Don't let the painful overshadow the life that you have every single day that the Holy Spirit keeps pouring life and love into you. Thank God for that. And the great way to thank God is to give a gift, to give, give, give something that will be a blessing in another person's life so that you can share your hope with others. Imagine a world where we know we're going to suffer. We know we're going to have pain. We know we're going to have adversity. But imagine a world where in the midst of the darkness, the pain and the struggles, we know love and life win. And not only do we get to trust that, we get to live it and be it in the lives of other people. I think that's what we need right now. We need to proactively be the hope that we and the world needs so that we all can experience real life in Jesus' name. God loves each of you, and I do too. Amen.